We're recording. We're recording live. Hello and welcome to Recording Live. I am Dexter and with me is... This is Matt. It's Matt. And today we're talking about uh, our favorite comic book illustrators. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, before that, though, we're going to do, I guess, some catch up. Um, and right now is when we tell you to go to our website, recordinglivepodcast.com. Uh, find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Rec Live Podcast, Instagram and Facebook, Recording Live Podcast. Um, you can always email us or hit us up on one of those. Um, you can find all those links on our website um, and let us know, I guess, from this conversation, uh, if you think we are, are, you know, if we have good illustrators that, that we like that you like, or if there's people we miss, uh, you can always reach out to us and we'll talk about it in future episodes. Um, other than that, you can head over to, from our website, there's a link over to buzzkillkid.com slash recording live podcast, or you can get our merch. I actually, uh, revamped that whole thing. Um, most of the same stuff is there, but, uh, Matt, you ordered, uh, a mug from before and I did. It, it took forever to get to you. I ordered one too. It's supposed to get here on Monday. Um, so we'll see how that, if that's any better, if, I guess if that seems to go better than it went for you, I might, I might go back to those, that company, but I, I'm, I, I changed it over to a different company. Um, it, this other company, it's kind of a nicer website actually. So I'm kind of wondering if it was just a good idea to switch. Um, so I guess we'll see, but, uh, I believe I put on, there's, uh, shirts or yeah, uh, shirts, mugs, stickers are there still. There are not socks anymore. Sorry. For anyone who just really wanted the recording live socks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to th- remember what all I put on there. Got buttons. Uh, you got a phone yeah. case. So I added buttons, phone case, and where's spiral the notebook. Spiral notebook. Yes, that was it. The spiral notebook. Um, so yeah, I mean this. So this company actually had a few other uh, things that we could put our logo on. Uh, that the previous company I was using did not have. So we have more merch. Oh, this is so cool. You didn't tell me any of this. I literally just did it last night. So, oh, um, dude, if uh, I don't mean the phone case is pretty cool, but I, <laughs> I, I probably would never get one. Oh, I don't just, know just mainly because of my job. Oh, yeah. My phone is dropped probably 50 times a day at my job. Well, that's why you need a case. I have a case. I have a $75 case. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You have a really nice one. I remember that now. Uh, well, nice or not, it's one of those things where my phone case is – it's an OtterBox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I got it things. when uh, – whenever I do a phone upgrade, I trade my old phone in, and I keep I – keep, I take care of my phones. Mm-hmm. And so I usually get like $250, $300 credit, oh, and nice. I use it for accessories. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, I, uh, because of how physical my job is, I'm a field worker, I'm a vendor and I drop my phone all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where phone cases are cool, but I need one that could probably survive getting run over by a car. Yeah. Which uh, as far as I know, that's what the outer box is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so, uh, these phone cases are pretty cool. I do recommend them. They look great. if I didn't have this job, this would totally be something I would love to get. Trying to see there we there might be there were several phone cases. I just picked one that looked nice, um, so I could see if there's an OtterBox one because like it's th- this company I'm going through. They have a ton of different stuff. So if anyone just really wants our podcast logo on something, you can 
shoot us a message. I can probably find something. Uh, yeah, no, no Otterbox stuff. Cause, um, yeah, these are all just kind of like the simple wrap around slimmer, uh, cases. And that's kind of what I, I picked one that was, that seemed like a, it's called the tough case. So, this is um, so cool looking. Yeah, I actually, I'm a, I think I'm going to buy one of those notebooks. I like those a lot. Um, Oh man, I kind of want to get one of these phone cases just for the sake of having it. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, I can send you the website too if you want to like see if there's any other products that you would want. Um, or if just you want to draw something to put on it. Anyway, this is a side conversation, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, I guess uh, we can do catch up. So you got a mug from our, uh, the pre- our previous iteration of a mug. Uh, there's a new mug on there. It's the same thing on it. It's just uh, this new one's all white. Uh, whereas the other one we had before had some color on the inside. Uh, Matt, you ordered a black one. I know. I got a the red one before I stopped. I guess. I did. Funny. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I did. I got I got the black interior mug, and uh, it's pretty cool. I don't drink coffee, but it holds cocoa, so that's what's important. Yes. Well, and the so the re- the problem that we had or that you had especially is like it took like a month to get to you. I don't know. It seemed forever. Uh, uh two weeks. Took two weeks. Okay. Because uh, weeks, I think it was. It well. Yeah. Mm, yeah, probably about two weeks or something like and that. A, I ordered it on a Monday, I believe, okay. and I got it. Yeah, I got it last Monday. So yeah, okay. it took about two weeks for it to get there. So, the, and the problem too is that like it said, the tracking said it was supposed to get to you a week before it, it, it got to you. Like so, it should have only taken a week to get to you, which is a little long, but this is a print-on-demand service. So. It took about a week to print and send out. Yeah, so. and I mean, that's what you get with print-on-demand, so whatever, I guess. Um, but then it like took an extra week to get to you, which, I don't know, that doesn't make me happy in general. It no longer was like, trackable. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was through DHL, which is kind of weird to me, just because, like, who ships with DHL? But this is, the company that I was using, it's printed, like, they have printers all over the world, but I'm pretty sure it's an international company. Mm-hmm. Uh, like their headquarters are in like Latvia or something like that. Um, and so I'm guessing that they use DHL just because DHL is a, is a more of a global company than, um, well, I mean, than the post office and it's, it's probably one of the more like globally, it's probably an actual competitor to UPS. And so I'm guessing that's why they use DHL, but it's just like within America, like I, whenever anything is shipped DHL, like it's never a great experience. To no, me. I used to get <laughs> stuff from Rooster Teeth and they use DHL and I've yeah. had problems with that because I live in an apartment complex. I moved here when there was no PO boxes. Um, so I have a PO box at the post office, which it's not a hassle. I live a block away from the post office. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. But then they actually installed them over here. And I'm like, well, I I get a lot of packages. No matter what, I'm going to have to go to the post office anyway to get my stuff. Because mm. they do have medium-sized lockers. But some of the stuff I order is fairly big. Mm-hmm. So it's just I decided to keep it. The problem with that is, is that uh, there's a lot of places all over anywhere uh, that does not like shipping to a post office, mainly using yeah. UPS, FedEx, uh, DHL. A lot of these uh, third-party mailing companies, they don't want to sh- go to a post office. Like, they'll say it's illegal. It's not illegal to go to yeah. a post office. Like, I've had that argument 
with uh, UPS, I believe, where they told they called me and said, hey, can you give us a physical address? I already did. No, no, you gave us a post office. I'm like, that's because I live in an apartment complex. Well, can you give us our apartment complex? No, there's no office or anything there. So I don't want my packages delivered in a hallway. Yeah. And they say, well, we can't deliver to a post office. Yes, you can. No, we can't. It's illegal. Oh, I'm sorry. It's illegal to deliver to a federal building. Pretty sure it's not. Yeah. And I pretty much got told, look, you need to either give us an alternate address or we're not going to deliver it and send it back. That's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a couple times that's happened. Most of the, and which is BS. I mean, I've talked to my post office about that, and they say we hear that crap all the time. Honestly, if you know that you're they're going to be using uh, another service, mm-hmm. just just put the post office's address down. Oh, and not put your PO box. Yeah, just put the post office's address down, and they'll drop it off. Oh, well, that's nice that they do that. Yeah. Yeah, they and they said they'll look up who I am and they'll just put it in my box. They'll put, yeah, they'll put it either in a locker or, or in a yeah. box. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I was always kind of bad because I do once in a while get that call that says we won't deliver there. Can you please give us your uh your physical? And it's always just a hassle. So yeah, that was yeah. one alternative because my I like my post office. Getting a PO box though, mm-hmm. I've had one now for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. Oh, the price goes up every year. How? Uh, I mean, how much is it if you don't mind? When I even stopped, know? when I got it, it was like twenty dollars every six months. Oh wow. Fifty dollars every six months now. Oh, twenty every. Okay. Yeah, I think I had yep. one briefly, and it was just at like a random grocery store. It was actually the one up my street that's not there anymore. So I'm glad. I guess I don't have it anymore. But I think it was like ten bucks a month. That's so, pretty. Uh, uh, well, that probably also went to the store too. Yeah, uh, it it well, it was like one of the cheaper ones here in town, which is weird. Like it was the closest one to my house, and it was one of the cheaper ones I could get. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a hundred bucks a year to get one. Yeah, post office, which I when I first got it, it was like forty dollars a a year, and that's like mm-hmm. I just had to re. The reason I know this is all, I just had to renew it last month. Like yeah. I had to renew it like three weeks ago, hmm. and so. Uh, I got the I got the flyer in my locker and I went, oh, geez, this is this is this is this is a hundred dollars a year for this. Good Lord. Yeah. It's almost as much as my car tags. Yeah. Or Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's getting up there. I mean, I don't mind going to the post office and getting my stuff. I really don't. I've had a yeah. couple of issues here and there. Uh, pretty much. I've kind of come to the terms with the fact that post office only exists anymore. Just so old people have a place to go and yell at. Um, having worked at a bank, I can argue that banks are the other place where they go. Yep. Yeah. It's either, <laughs> it's either of those. It's pretty amazing. Every time it's... I go to the post office, there's a there's old people that are just in there yelling because they don't want to pay for the shipping charges on their package. Yeah. Yeah. I have, or they brother. gave the wrong address to someone and their package got lost. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's that problem too. I mean, yeah, I don't know. People just need somebody to be mad at, which they do. Is stupid. And that's why banks and post offices exist. Oh God. Yeah, man. That was the worst year. Of, I actually it was not the worst year of my life, but it was pretty miserable work. Like I was a bank teller. And that was miserable. If you go to a bank, you need to be nice to that person. That's all I know. If you go anywhere, you need to be nice <laughs> well, to that person. that's a valid point. <laughs> I get yelled at by people on a regular basis at my job, and that I have no, no control Because nobody should be interacting with you. <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing. Like, um, you know, uh, 
yeah, you shouldn't yell at anybody who works in retail, like especially right. if it's not their problem. If you're just going in because you're angry, you know, keep in mind this person has no control over anything. Well, it's kind of like problem. how yeah. I know someone who honestly screams at Amazon over the phone over delays <sighs> and stuff. And they have no control over it. They right. do it so they can get a refund, but also keep their order. So they yeah. Oh, who was it? I had a, oh, okay. Yeah. I had a, a problem kind of like that this weekend where, or not this weekend when it was on f- Wednesday, I think Tuesday. So I got a new phone and I just bought it from Apple and mm-hmm. just had it sent to my house. And for whatever reason, when I first got, when we first moved, I put my address into Apple wrong. I wrote the, the wrong street number. Mm-hmm. And so then I changed it in my phone, but apparently I didn't realize it got, added to my like iCloud or whatever. Oh. So it was part of like my account and I didn't I never logged into iCloud and changed it. And so when I bought my new phone, which is like the only thing I've ever bought off of Apple's website, I just used Apple Pay and Apple Pay then was tied to my iCloud, filled in the address for me. I glanced at it, it looked right. I didn't really like the only thing there's like one number off. Yeah. Uh, it was a 6 instead of a 9. Uh, yeah. and I realized like, uh, the day that it was, it was being delivered, I was just like, okay, it's UPS. They do great tracking. So I'll just watch it all day because I'm excited. And I was, I was like going to it and I was realizing like, why am I having to type in these track, the tracking number? Like I get, um, I, I'm, I get texts usually from UPS whenever something's coming to my house. Like, cause I signed up to get for that to happen. Like anytime anything is being shipped to my house, the moment a label is created for my address, I get a text. I do too. Um, and so I, I realized I never got a text for this. And so I started looking at it and then I went back to my receipt and I realized, oh no, it's the wrong address. And so I called UPS um, and I was just like, yeah, hi. Like I told them what was wrong and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll change it. And then when they were done, he's like, so this is going to take 24 hours. Like, oh no, it looks like they're out. It's like, yeah, I told you at the beginning of the conversation that they are out for delivery. So I wanted you to be able to stop that from being delivered. I had no expectation that they would like reroute their, you know, that they would change the route and bring it to my house. Like mm-hmm. that I've, I was not about to yell at anyone about that. Well, and I was, I wasn't, I, I had to tell myself like, don't yell at this person. They're only doing their job, uh, which is why I'm bringing this up. Like I had to tell myself that because I was getting really irritated because I was just like, can you just like, can you not like, so basically she told me I can't guarantee it won't be delivered to the wrong address because it's out for delivery. And I changed the address, but that might take 24 hours. And so I was like, that's such bullshit. They can call the, they can call the driver. No, no. And that's what I said. Like, can't you call the driver and tell them not to deliver this? And verbatim, she said, the drivers do not have cell phones for yes, security purposes. They, they practically right. use no, their phones for deliver for their handhelds now. Right. Well, and then I so I was just like, okay, thanks, bye. Luckily, I knew for a fact that the address they had, like that wrong street number, there is no equivalent of my address on that street because okay. uh, the way I found out I had the wrong address in my phone was uh, when I ordered uh, delivery pizza once. Yeah. The pizza delivery guy called me. He was just like, hey, there's no, like, this address does not exist. And then I asked what street they were on, and it was a quick fix. But, 
and so I knew that 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 the address didn't exist. So like they were just going to have like a whatever issue that they have when there's not an address. But so I knew it wasn't going to be delivered anywhere. But like just the fact that she told me that they had no way of contacting them, I'm like, no, you're UPS. You're the company that sends me a little Google map as soon as it's like two blocks away from my house showing me where the van is. Like, I know for a fact that you track your vans. Yes. And they have phones because I've gotten Ugh. calls from UPS drivers for the same reason I mentioned earlier. Exactly. Ugh. Like they've even said, hey, the driver's already out and everything. Do you have another address that we can use and I can call him and tell him to go there instead? Seriously? Yeah, I wish that they'd done that for me. That would have been super nice. Yeah, They don't have phones. Are you joking me? They're field workers. Yeah. All field workers I... have phones. Exactly. And if Ugh. they don't have phones, they have personal phones that they get paid to use yeah. as work phones. My first two years or year at my company, uh, I got paid five dollars a week for using my personal phone as my work phone. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. UPS always has excuses. Like I said, yeah. they said it's illegal to deliver to a post office. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Because and you know, here's the thing. It's yeah. We say don't get mad at the person on the phone. If the person is legitimately being stupid and <laughs> one not listening to you or making the situation more difficult. I think yeah. it's okay to get upset. <laughs> well, and I definitely had it. I struck a tone with, I think this person knew I was upset, but like, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't want to like, just get red in the face and yell on the phone. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like anything was going to get resolved. I knew it was going to get, I knew it wasn't going to be delivered to the wrong address. I was pretty sure I was going to get it within the next couple of days. It was just irritating for sure. And because like, I knew that they, that that's a, like what they were telling me was a lie, but Eh, whatever. It's better I than the time when I went to Comic-Con in San Diego and I shipped UPS, uh, like some posters that I got. Uh, I, I was just like, cause I had a, po- a big poster tube. It was filled with posters. Uh, I don't know about filled. It had like five posters in it that I had, like a couple of them were signed a couple of them, like, but they were like all limited editions. Like these were like, you could only get these at Comic-Con. Uh, and so I shipped it back to my house. I don't know what happened. They claimed that so they, somebody with a quote unquote accent, they didn't say what accent, called them, had my routing number and had the address changed. And I didn't know that until I got a message saying that my that the package was was uh, delivered. Uh, and in, I looked at it and it was delivered to somebody in like Mississippi. And so I called this, them and I ended up going uh, corporate UPS told me I had to call the store that I delivered it from or that I sent it from. And then they told me the whole thing. I ended up, they pay, like they ended up paying me the equivalent of the price for all the posters. Like I looked on eBay to see how much they were being sold for. So I ended up making the amount of money I would have made if I'd sold them all. But like, it's just like, who had, like, how is that even possible that somebody had got my, the tracking number? Like the only place it was, was on their computer and in on the receipt in my pocket. And like, literally they said that somebody called like within the hour that I left the store, it was just, I was mad for a very long time about that. (laughs) First I've heard this story. Oh yeah. I don't know that I, I don't know. I don't think I told too many people about it. I was just so mad. I didn't even want to talk about it when it first happened. And then I just kind of forgot about it, but uh, it was, um, like it was a guardians of the galaxy, like movie, like limited edition poster. There were a couple, like I got, I got a bunch of comic books signed. And so they were with me like in my bag when we flew back. Um, but like they, like when you went up to get like a comic book signed, like they had like little posters there and you could just kind of grab them. And so I had like, um, Jeffrey, not Jeffrey Johns, uh, 
Oh, I don't know. Like I had a Firefly poster that was signed by whoever did Firefly. Um, I had a Buffy the Vampire Slayer one just because like I could probably sell this. So I just grabbed it and had him sign it because it was free. Um, then just a couple other ones. I don't even remember what they all were now. Uh, I was mostly mad about the Guardians of the Galaxy one though because it was pretty cool. Like I wanted to frame that and hang it up, but whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm over it now. I guess like I made like a hundred bucks or so. <laughs> off of insurance but like i don't know it was just i don't even know how that happens like did somebody hack into their computer it was yeah weird. they probably don't have secure well yeah i mean p- people make a living stealing from stealing packages well i mean that's a weird way to steal packages like i feel like it just shows like, that their site's not secure yeah i mean just go in and change change the trackings and go in there and do it. I mean, like I said, Pete, there's people who make livings off stealing packages. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. And that's why Ring is such a popular thing. So you can watch them do it. <laughs> I'm always baffled by those videos of people record, uh, with uh, cameras on their porch and stuff like that. Yeah. Why? Just because it's like, and it's just videos of people stealing packages and stuff, or people making like non-lethal bombs to put on their porch the, to catch people and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's baffling. Like there's the, a whole thing out there of that. The, yeah, there's the guy he does uh, glitter and uh, stink bombs. I hate his videos so much. Like that particular one? Yeah, I don't like that guy. I don't like his videos or anything. They almost they they seem almost fake half the time. But yeah. it's like. Well, it he's just like goes an out of his way to like, make these videos to egg people and stuff like that. I just I don't like his personality whatsoever. Yeah, I watched one video where like right at the beginning of, beginning of COVID, he made um like a weird obstacle course for um squirrels. squirrels. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that too. That was such a long video. I got so bored watching it. Oh yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what his videos are. It's, yeah. It's uh it's ninety percent setup, ten percent execution. Yeah. Well, and he's an engineer, and so I think he just likes to focus on the engineering portion of it, which I mean, I don't he doesn't know. even show anything really, too. That's a thing. But yeah, yeah, he's a former NASA engineer. And yeah, you can tell. He's now making videos on YouTube, and it's really? like, okay, that's just yeah, fair enough, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. I like he's. I, I guess I. I'm not. I don't hate or like him. I, I got bored watching his videos all. That's what they all are. They're very boring. But yeah, I can't yeah. really stand those, uh, like those stink bomb glitter videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what's up with you? What's <laughs> were we talking about? What's new with you? I don't remember. No. That. Okay. What's new with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Just working. You know. I know you got. I know you got a Boba Fett. I got in the mail this week. Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, it's. Uh, it's a Hasbro playset of uh, it's a playset. It's more like a diorama, essentially. It's Jabba's yeah. palace. It's a room where Han Solo was kept in carbonite, and it's so just it a come wall with, with two. What did it come with? Like all these characters, or did you already have them? Because you it came characters. with Han Solo and carbonite and three eyed okay. guy Reyes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's got a little like lever in the back that can raise and lower Han Solo. And it comes <laughs> with it comes with Han Solo and Carbonite, and then it comes with Han Solo freed from Carbonite. Oh, okay. So I guess if you have the whatever his yacht, then I guess that makes sense. 
Yeah, and <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat. I I it came out like over a year ago. I saw it all the time in stores, but I wasn't really willing to pay for what it was and yeah. kind of just forgot about it because I like Star Wars stuff a lot. I do that little comic whenever I can and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, so I'm always kind of looking at sets and things like that, dioramas and. Uh, I was I always kept going. This would be pretty cool to do something with. I don't know if I ever will, and I don't know what I would do with this when I'm not. And um, time went on, forgot about it, and then I was on one of my uh, store websites that I go to for stuff, and it was mm-hmm. back in stock, and it was like ten dollars cheaper. And I'm like, oh nice, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, why don't I? Yeah, you know what? Screw it. This would be pretty cool to get. Mm-hmm. So did it, sorry, did you say it came with Boba Fett? No, it doesn't come with Boba Fett. Okay, so you just had, I, I mean, I know you had Boba Fett. I have a lot of Boba Fetts now. You so do? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I got that. That was pretty neat. And then uh, I ordered some Blu-rays over the weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't realize you were that, buying physical copies anymore. I don't really, but these oh, okay. were collector's edition Blu-rays. And ah. I don't watch a lot of bonus features anymore, but some of the bonus features for these movies I really wanted. So, uh, but that was also a post office story where I ordered them. I got a nice message on the website that said, uh, due to demand and everything with the post office, these may get delayed for a while. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's probably their COVID disclaimer. They never took off. Yeah. That's what I, whenever I see that now, I just assume that that's from the beginning of COVID. Yep, and so I think too much of it. Uh, it shipped, I think, on Tuesday, okay. and it got in on Thursday when Jabba's Palace showed up. Wasn't in my box, wasn't in a locker, Went, had to wait in line, listen to old people complain, mm-hmm. and um, finally got up there, said, hey, uh, I have this package, it's not in a locker, it shows it arrived this morning. And they tried to find it, they couldn't, I gave them the tracking number. Next thing I know, a guy's coming from the back room and said, uh, we shipped it to a location by accident that's an hour away. What? And I was like, I just was, I, I didn't get mad or anything, but I oh, physically deflated. Yeah, no doubt. Like, that is yeah. a, ah, that sucks. Well, then he said it'll be arriving in about 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, and so it was, be, it was coming, it was on its way back? Yeah, they said he was oh, coming Oh, okay. Back. He led, he led with the wrong information. Yeah. He <laughs> said, we shipped it to a, a different location by accident, but it'll be here soon. But he didn't say that right away. Yeah. And I said, can you just throw in a parcel locker for me and leave a key in my box? And they said, sure. So that's nice. Uh, I got the text message about 20 minutes later and went there after the place closed and stuff. But I got I got John Carpenter's The Thing uh, oh, yeah. collector's edition. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, you should that. Mm hmm. Yep, by Scream Factory. Uh, John Carpenter's The Things is like one of my favorite movies. It's one of two of like I can say is my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's a great, beautiful 2K transfer, and it has all these bonus features. And that's kind of the thing is I know that movie in and out, but I really like the behind the scenes of certain movies that I love. And yeah. uh, I already have a Blu-ray of John Carpenter's The Thing. Not a single feature on it. Really? Yeah, I think it was like a five dollar Blu-ray I got. Like, oh. And okay. so I was like, oh, okay, I, I 
I actually really want this because uh, I had the DVD for a long time mm-hmm. and that DVD was filled with features. I think there was like a two hour long uh, behind the scenes all about it. And I really liked that behind the scenes and I hadn't seen it for so long. And I was like, uh, I think this might be on here. So mm-hmm. I I got it and it was it was really cool nice. to watch something I hadn't seen yeah. in probably 10 years. And yeah. it has a lot of current interviews with the surviving cast members and stuff. And it actually has the television version of the movie. Oh, man, that's got to be horrible to watch on, like, an HD television. It looks like a second, like, recorded VHS. Yeah. I was curious, so I hit play, and I just looked at the tracking, and I'm like, oh, this is the movie. And then I saw the uh, Universal Pictures logo come up, and I'm like, oh, this looks like shit. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever watch that, uh, but it's cool that it's there. Uh, yeah, there's a yeah. funny thing on there where, like I said, there's interviews with the surviving cast. Wilford Brimley was in this movie. As Wilford Brimley, who is? He's the Oatmeal Man. Yeah. Okay. This guy, he's the diabetes guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's the diabetes <laughs> guy. This was done like two years before he died, and. His interview is at his house because Wilford Brimley passed away last year. And uh, August 1st, 2020. Yep. Yep. And uh, so he was very old. No one thought he was going to die, even though for 25, 30 years he was saying he was going to die of diabetes. He was and 85. Yeah. He, that's, uh, that's, nah. His interview is him just talking about the movie and mm-hmm. he's got like his dog on his lap and he's just talking and it cuts back and forth sometimes to other people and stuff at one point it cuts back to him talking and his cat has also jumped on his lap and his cat <laughs> start fighting on his lap that's hilarious and he's ignoring it the whole time well yeah because what else are you gonna do <laughs> eventually they both run off and he looks down and puts his hand up like 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 what <laughs> yeah that's funny man he was in a lot of movies I oh think yeah i realized well, he was a big actor well and like i'm surprised by like some of these sci-fi movies like he was in cocoon he was starring cocoon i've never seen it so interesting the thing yeah i mean and I, he's in a lot of westerns it looks like which i oh, yeah. expected he was a cowboy yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like one. I didn't. Re- I don't know. And I just didn't. I didn't realize he was in any sci-fi stuff. That's interesting. He was in the Ewoks movie. Ewoks. Yeah, he was in one of the Star Wars Ewoks movies they made. Ewoks. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't understand what you said. Yeah, Ewoks: Battle for Endor. He was yep. Noah. Yep, he played a hermit who lived in trees. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, the thing is a great movie, and I also got George Romero's Day of the Dead collector's mm-hmm. edition too. These are all like movies on shout factory's website and i've gotten from shout factory before shout factory has released like almost all the transformer cartoons and stuff on blu-ray and dvds over the past decade and so i i was on i've i was going through their site the other week and i'm like "Ah, there's some movies on here i really want to grab so i did Mm -hmm. and then the other day it's supposed to arrive monday i ordered a bone tomahawk on blu-ray bone tomahawk mm-hmm. should i have heard of that no no one's okay. heard of it okay Whew. it's it's a movie came out in 2015 it's a western and okay. stars kurt russell it's really really good uh mm. i don't know if i can recommend it though <laughs> lee saw it once and said he never wants to watch it again 
That's what's it called again? Bone Tomahawk. What's it about? It's uh it's about uh it's set in the west it's set in the old west in this town of Bright Hope. Kurt Russell plays a sheriff and mm-hmm. a tribe of like primordial Indians that are like they're troglodytes. They live in caves. They're like they're not even Native Americans. They're practically cavemen. Okay. And they capture some people from the town, mm-hmm. and they capture the doctor who's mm-hmm. married to a uh, a character in the move in the movie. And so it's a movie about them going to rescue uh, this man's wife. Okay. And it's it's a it's a horror film. Mm-hmm. It's really good though. It's like very authentic western. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films that, like I said, Lee saw it, and his response was, this is a great movie. I will never watch it again. <laughs> it's a horror film. These things, yeah. these, uh, this tribe, they're cannibals. Yeah, okay. And it's really good. But, yeah, the last, like, 10 minutes of the movie, 10, 15, it's, uh, it just leaves you speechless. Hmm. It's extremely graphic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And not like uh not like splatter horror, like blood splattering everywhere. Oh, okay. It's extremely realistic. It's like when people get butchered and cut up. It, oh. It's like, it's like realistic, like mm. people cutting up like a- animals, like deer and things like that. It's clean and dry. I cannot watch that, I guarantee you. No. I have a hard time with that stuff. Like there's a uh, Count of Monte Cristo uh the just the final like fight scene like sword fight scene i have a hard time watching that just because like they keep stabbing each other i'm just like ah yeah like i don't mind start certain things but yeah and this movie for all intended purposes i should have the same opinion of this movie's really good yeah never watch this again i really like it and can look past that mm. like it is very good and it's got That's like old timey uh dialogue oh like, okay yeah, it's not like a modern Western where people sound similar. No, they're very, like, old-timey sounding, where, um, like, uh, like, like guy busts into the sign. sheriff's house to say there's been an incident, and the sheriff just looks and goes, why are you in my breakfast? What does that mean? Like, uh, why, why, are you in, why are you interrupting my morning? Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very unusual dialogue, but it's really yeah. good. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love the movie. I recommend it. Just fair warning that, yeah, the last bits of it, it wasn't like me turning away or me going, oh, God. It was like just like uh, like you just like felt defeated. Yeah. OK. Yeah. You kind of left just speechless and you're like, oh, that's your response to seeing some of the stuff in the movie is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or you just kind of go. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I great movie watch. though. I loved it. It's very Quentin Tarantino like, except oh, okay. except the difference is, is I've seen people say this that like it's similar to Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was even at the premiere of it. Uh, mm. It came out the same time as Hateful Eight, and where Hateful Eight was oh interesting, very like splattery, very like ultra yeah. violent stuff. I wouldn't say this is. It's two very different kinds of movies, uh, but similar time frame. And uh, mm. whereas with Quentin Tarantino, some people you can like while while scenes are going on, all you do is you see the script. What do you mean? Like people just talking, all you're doing is you're seeing the script and that's it. 
like the dialogue's too perfect. Oh, okay, yeah. And I can agree with that, but I personally don't like Quentin Tarantino, and I don't like his movies whatsoever. I loved Hateful Eight, but I hate the rest of his films. Yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like it's, it, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I I just watched something that I felt. What was it? What am I thinking of? Inglorious Bastards, maybe. I hated that film so much. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I I watched that like years ago, but I feel like I just watched it. Like I must have watched a clip from it or something. Probably. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I well, hated not, that film. I I, I don't I know that I it, it was not what I expected, that's for sure, but uh yeah. I I don't appreciate historical films changing history. Yeah, I guess that is Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because our society's too stupid. Yeah, I mean, you're going to start thinking, yeah, uh, I get that. Um, like, I, I don't like history being altered for the sake of film. Like, that's why mm-hmm. I don't like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, his last film. Well, it seems to be like all he really does anymore is he just, like, alters history slightly. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, all he did. He, he, like, he just lifts characters and scenes from other movies and makes them his own. And I've yeah. never been a But, yeah, the... The whole ending of Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was just so annoyed by it. It's like, ah, this is stupid. And I mainly feel that way as I'm judging society, too. But oh, yeah. ever since I saw that Twitter feed of people a few years ago being surprised to find out that that Titanic actually happened and wasn't yeah. just a movie, has left yeah. me just losing faith in humanity. Yeah, that was a disappointing thing to have happen. Um, all right, so how many did I find? I grabbed a bunch of comics right before. Um, so I got like people that I like. I tried to find illust- so we're, t- we're talking about illustrators that we like, I guess. Uh, I tried to find people that I could specifically say why I like their stuff, their art, and who have like a particular style. Because, like, I was picking up a lot of comics where it's just like, yeah, I like like this, co- this. Like this particular comic, the illustration is not distracting, I guess. And so, like, but that wasn't like, I guess, good enough for me to say that I like this illustrator. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I don't know. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven illustrators that I could definitively say, like, I like these guys. Um. What I, I, I don't know like what your plan was. How many did you find, or like, do you want to talk about? Do you know? I have like two. <laughs> okay, I can pare mine down. It's it's fine. Well, and the thing too is like with these guys, it's really I could probably separate them out into three styles that I like for like why I like them, and yeah, so I don't know. Um, do you want me to start, or you do you want to say yours? You go ahead. Okay, so the th- really it comes down to three styles, um, and so I'll, I'll lump. Um, honestly, where did it go? Oh, it's I don't have it. Okay, so one style is like kind of the chunkier, blockier stuff. Um, so you got Mike Mignola, uh, Chris uh, Bacello, Bacalo. I never know how to pronounce Bacello. Bacello um and phil hester like i like their style quite a bit um where you just got a lot of thicker lines a lot of 
kind of squared off jaws or just a lot of just more sharp edges, I guess. Um, and I mean, even Mignola has just a lot of black, like if there's not something to put somewhere, he just kind of fills it in with black or he'll add in like, just like a little drawing that maybe has nothing to do with, you know, the scene. It's just like, um, something that fits the what's going on but you know it's got nothing to do with the action which i'm not finding an example of that i just i went i went to a q a with him when i was at comic-con and he kind of explained that he doesn't like if he has nothing to put somewhere he's just he's not going to force something to go there um but i don't know i just i really like the that i guess more cartoony style um and i like how it works in action comics like hellboy and like uh machalo um i liked his run with uh wolverine and the x-men um and i like a lot of his spider-man as well which i don't know how much he did because i never read any of those i just know that they exist he just had a spider-man comic come out this year okay so that's probably a month ago i think i still haven't read it okay so that's probably what it's from because i follow him mostly on on like in on twitter i think um and i think i get his newsletter uh and so he's been just posting i think just stuff from that comic then for the last while i suppose um he also i met him at a con last year or yeah right before everything happened um and he cannot be the nicest guy or he is possibly the nicest guy i've ever met like um he, he was just super he talked i don't know quite a bit to me uh it was like the end of the day i think he was about to leave his table uh and he was just like super nice chatted with me and he did uh i mean especially for the level at which like he you know is like he um he like he could sell uh uh whatever sketches for a lot of money and like you had to pay a lot of money for him to do a sketch really but he didn't keep any of it like it all went to the hero initiative uh, which is pretty i mean which i don't know makes a lot of sense for him as an illustrator to do that because that's um like a thing that helps um i think it's called the hero initiative i'm not sure now uh but it's like a thing that it's money for comic book creators like if like since they're all freelancers technically like if they have health issues they can get money to help pay for it so that because like odds are their health insurance that whatever they might have isn't going to cover things um so makes sense was, he's part of that yeah and so i thought that was pretty cool that he was giving money to that rather than just like pocketing probably a couple grand that he could make at any convention <laughs> um he's a really big proponent of those things because of his wife so yeah really which nice i i just found out like i think right when i met him like he was just kind of coming back into comics because I, I realized, like, I think I was talking to Lee maybe, and I really, and I was just like, you know, I, hadn't, I don't know what he's done lately. And he's just like, oh, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't been doing comics at all. And I found out, like, yeah, it's because his wife what, got cancer or she got cancer. And he, uh, he took some time off, and then he came back when she got better. But yeah, she passed away a few years ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, it makes sense that he would do that. Um, but he's one of he, Lee's favorite artists. Like, he's, I think he yeah, is Lee's number sense. one artist. And that makes sense because Lee and I do tend to agree on. Um, I mean, we we both really like Cable. I think Lee likes um, Liefeld more than I do, but oh, he absolutely loves Liefeld. He watches yeah. <laughs> Liefeld streams. 
But and and I think like you know I prefer uh, you know any of these guys like Mignola, but Bacciolo or um um I forgot his name already uh Hester. Hester. Uh, like I would prefer any of them to do X Force over Liefeld. Um, they I think I've even seen some of them do sketches of like Cable and like they're fan- they're fantastic. And I can kind of see like the leap from Liefeld to like this style because Liefeld. Like, I mean, he's very cartoonish and exaggerated. And so, like, this is just kind of, like, making sense of that exaggeration, I suppose. And making it more palatable. <laughs> or actually palatable. Um, and so, I don't know. Like, the, uh, I guess the, I just really like that style. I like the comics that those guys are making in general also. Um, and so, that makes, I don't know. That's something I enjoy. Um, do you want to leapfrog it or you want me to keep going? I was just going to say, I actually just read a comic with uh, a comic that Hester uh, drew last yeah, what's week. That? What's that one? Uh, Guardians of the Globe. Oh, I didn't know he did. I mean, I, I don't really follow him that well, so I guess I don't know. But uh, is that a Guardians of the Galaxy spinoff or something? No, no. Guardians of the Globe is a spinoff of Invincible. It's the... Uh, oh, interesting. It's the... Uh, that makes sense that he would do, do something like that, yeah. Yeah, he he did that with uh, I think I believe he was he was just the writer of it. Oh, that would be cool. I'd be interested in that. I always, I like his writing a lot. He doesn't do a ton of it, uh, but I love anything I've ever read that's his. Yeah, I'm. Not... And I know he's a friend of Robert Kirkman's, isn't he? Yes. Um. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, they work on together, but I know they're I know they like each other. He does art, and he's done art for uh, covers for Walking Dead stuff like that. Yeah, I I'm that. not the biggest fan of Phil Hester. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I have talked to people who have met him and behind the scenes, and most people say he's just an asshole. I and think, from what I can tell, that's what I hear. I just heard that yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and I went somewhere with a convention, and I said, "I'm surprised Phil's not here." And they're like, "Well, he's he's kind of a dick." So I, I've that's heard I've heard multiple things. I don't know. Phil Hester is an Iowan. Like, he lives, like, Yes, he's from Iowa, yeah. I think, from what I understand, it's possibly his sense of humor. Um, He, I think he can kind of be a little, I don't know if crass is the word, but, like, I I don't know. Like, I've I've talked to him a couple of times. He's been super nice to me. I know, uh, I know that he tends to be very nice to up-and-coming artists or creators in general, Um, because I know a guy who is very good friends with him it seems like from like another iowa creator uh who has kind of gotten a lot of um writing help or not help i don't know advice from phil hester over the years and like they always love being or he always loves being at cons with phil and like they seem to be very good friends like they because i follow both of them on twitter and they always like they have a lot of banter back and forth um and so I, I kind of wonder if he's just like one of those people that you just kind of got to get to know him. And if you and he doesn't maybe filter his sense of humor, maybe. I don't know. I know that people have said the same thing about Hitler. You just have to get <laughs> his, his humor is very different. It's very different. I don't know that Phil's is that bad. I know uh, uh, the I comics I, I read. I don't, know, I don't know him, so I guess I, I can't say. But what? Uh, the comics that I read, oh man, I looked at the comments for that, and it was like, it was some of the worst stuff ever, because it's Guardians mm-hmm. of the Globe, one of the main characters is yeah. Brit in Image, mm-hmm. and he's like he's like a 300-year-old character and stuff like that, and okay. the one of the storylines in the book was about how he has a one- to two-year-old son, 
and mm. he's tested positive for autism. The okay. His son is, and it's like low, low functioning autism, where it's like scenes of his son just like smashing his dinner with his fists and stuff like that. Okay. And the the storyline deals with them coping with this and both the the Brit and his wife blaming each other for it. Weird. And, and it gets super depressing. And I saw comments from people saying how repulsed they are that they would show this version of someone with autism. And yeah, uh, people defended it and said, do you want everybody in fiction with autism to present it as some kind of savant genius? Or do yeah. you want to do you want to see different forms of the spectrum that exist? Like yeah. how many how many people that are diagnosed with these uh, disabilities in fiction are shown to be like these antisocial geniuses? Yeah. When that's not that that's it's not not common but common. Yeah. Where you know and it's like how about show the other side and show that this is how it is. And I do yeah. agree with that. And mm-hmm. of course, people are like, well, I have autism and I'm not like that. And it's like, well, you don't know, you're reading it out. You're reading comics uh, and complaining about uh, yeah. things. So. I mean, I get that to an extent where, like, you just you don't want people seeing the worst aspect or part of something. And then for, because then they're people are going to think like, oh, this is what all autistic people are like, which those people are idiots if they think that. I, yes, I think nowadays nobody has that perception. Yeah. I, and, I don't think anyone does that anymore, especially in comics, yeah. considering the uh, social climate that is comics a lot. Like, you know, you can go to web forums and stuff like that, comic forum, you can go to conventions. People will flat out full on say, oh, I'm on the spectrum. I have this, I have this, I have Asperger's, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's i mean especially because it's not like okay it's not showing his son being called a retard right yeah yeah they're not okay and it's also dealing with the situation most realistically my cousin's son is autistic and he is in the middle of the spectrum really where he can't you can't understand what the hell he says half the time and i lived with them and i can tell you right now that when your child gets diagnosed like that, you fall into depression. You go through the five stages of death, essentially. Like, you go through anger. You go through yeah. uh, blame. You go through bargaining, trying to find ways to make this better. Like, yeah. you do go through the stages. And this comic does that. Like, it's not just, oh, my son's retired. We'll put him up. No, it, it deals with this family going through like realistic situations of finding mm-hmm. out that news. Yeah, that's interesting. And I commend it for that. Yeah, I really well, do. It's, it's not nice, just I guess. saying, oh, he's autistic, and then yeah. it shows him doing stereotypical things. It shows him doing realistic things. Well, that's interesting that it's showing like how it's affecting the family. Like that, that's... that's the main thing about it. that's Britt's main story in it. Anytime yeah. he's not he's not punching supervillains, it shows his wife always like every image of his wife is just depression. And it shows him also coming home depressed because yeah. they just don't know why this happened to them. And you know what? I can tell you right now from experience in that firsthand with family, mm-hmm. the question of why is the most common asked thing. Yeah. 
and that's I, I uh, that makes sense that, that that's something you'd be asking and mm-hmm. and I can see something like that I mean obviously I've not experienced it but like I can see something like that just being draining like just coming home because basically like uh you know the most comfortable place for me I would say is home like it's where I can do whatever I want kind of thing but whenever then that that comfortable place is kind of made you know stressful like mm-hmm that's horrible like i mean it, it it's yeah you don't know what to do anymore it really weighs on you i mean you're going to be thrown into depression you're going to hit you're going to start yeah. doing all those things that you just said and and that's yeah. nice that they're showing that they are showing I that think. people go yeah. with, pe- that's good. people go into therapy because of of being yeah. being in that, that situation like yeah, exactly. people go to dark places it's really sad to watch that happen like yeah. you know the common thing is people having to learn that they're probably going to have to take care of their child for the rest of their life. Yeah. And then well, worry about what's going to happen to their that. child after they're gone. Yeah. Because well. their child can't take care of themselves and right. when they're that extreme. But, um, yeah, no, that's cool. And it's interesting, but yeah, I just wanted to bring up that. Yeah. I was reading that comic. It's, it's an okay comic. It's not that great. though. <laughs> so it looks like it's, it's created by Robert Kirkman and Corey. Kirkman, Walker. Yes. I think Kirkman gives out the layouts of the story and hands them to Phil and then Phil writes up the stories and then gives them back to Kirkman and Kirkman uh, oversees and makes sure that it fits uh-huh. in with his story that he's telling in the, as, a, in a, as a bigger picture. I yeah. think he kind of works as kind of the pseudo editor of the book. It, 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 well, I was surprised. I did collect a couple issues of this. I was surprised mm-hmm. to see that only like 10 issues came out between 10 years. Oh, so it's it's an old comic. It's just very yeah, slow. Yeah, 2010 thing. and then 2016, I think. Yeah, two volumes. Okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Phil Hester, I think, I believe, did the second one. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the Wikipedia says it's doesn't even mention Phil. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it just says created by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker. Oh, that's Guardians of the Globe. That's the team. Oh, what? So what are you talking about? I'm talking about the comic book. What's the comic book called? Guardians of the Globe. It doesn't have a wiki page. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guardians of the Globe was a it's it's in and the show Invincible too. It's the it's it's the just it's a knockoff of Justice League. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like looking at stuff on I was looking at images while you were talking and I was just like, this does not pan out with the other thing, like spoilers that you've been sending me from the show. <laughs> but that makes more sense. Okay. Um, I guess if you want to do a trade-off, uh, one artist that I like, speaking of Invincible, is Ryan Otley. He took over the book after issue six and did it till the end, and then with Corey Walker coming back here and there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. And he just finished uh, a few months ago his time with Marvel on Spider-Man. I don't know what he's going to do next. I kind of wish he was doing Spider-Man because Corey Walker is legitimately one of the best Spider-Man artists I've ever seen. Corey Walker? Yeah, uh, Ryan Otley, I'm sorry. I was just say, yeah, Ryan Otley. Yeah, uh, didn't he do Spawn as well? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I may be thinking I of somebody else. I believe you're thinking of Chris, of uh, uh, the guy that you and Lee like, that I'm I'm impartial to. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he did Batman Forever. Um. Oh, no, 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 no. Not um, Greg Capullo. Yeah, that's what I was thinking I... of. I don't know. I'm. I wasn't even gonna bring up Greg Capullo in this uh, at all. Um, I don't think he's worth talking about, to be honest. I don't mind most of his stuff. Like I, I, I agree with you. Like, um, 
he doesn't he doesn't do like faces very well. Um, I like <laughs> the scenery. Um, I guess, but I I don't know. Yeah, we don't have to talk about him. I didn't have any plans of bringing him up. Uh, <laughs> he makes everyone just look stupid, in my opinion. Everyone's smiling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what did so, he yeah, do? Robert. Um, he did. He's uh, he's done a couple of things. He's he's mostly. Let's see. Uh, he did some covers for. He did interior work for Walking Dead. So, oh yeah, that 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 what if thing at the end. That was pretty neat. Uh, I guess he did an Army of Darkness issue one. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know what that is, but I kind of want to read it if he was the artist. He did Batman Superman annual. He did Invincible issue eight through 144. He did Haunt one through five, Grizzly Mm. Shark. And he's done a slew of Spider-Man. He's a great artist. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I, I, uh... I don't know. Um, I, I noticed him a while ago. I think probably because of the Spider-Man stuff, and then started looking at his um, Invincible stuff. And like, he's definitely a good artist. I like him a lot. Oh, I might have this issue. What is it? Oh, okay. Yes, I, I have the issue of Army of Darkness that he did. Okay. <laughs> It was it was colored very differently, so that's why I didn't know it was him. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, that's interesting how like colors can really change something. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, the uh, colors can either complement it or ruin it. Yeah, I didn't even think of color. There's a I only actually know one, of one colorist that I could actively say I like. Oh I really? Mean, yeah, uh, Rico Renzi. Um. He was on the team when they developed um, Spider-Gwen. Mm-hmm. So he's like the reason why a lot of uh, like of the first Spider-Gwen comics were like really like really bright colors, um, like a lot of teal. And oh, it's not even hanging. I put it, I moved it. Um, there's like a lot of teals and like hot pinks and bright greens. Like he used a lot of like bright colors. Um, and I think that's kind of why the movie, uh, the Spider-Verse movie kind of was a little more artistic. Like, I feel like they pulled a lot from his like color style. Oh, okay. Uh, he's a fun guy to follow on Twitter. Um, he, I mean, like as a, he's a, he, I don't know. He seems to just be like a nice guy. He has a lot of like posts where he's just like going out to ice cream with his family, I guess. Um, but then like, I guess, I think he's like a drummer in a band or something. Um, and then he posts a lot of just things with color, like just the colors and stuff that he's working with. He, he I don't know. It's, he's interesting, I guess. But I, I usually, whenever I see like he's colored a comic book, I usually pay a little bit more attention to it. But I, otherwise, uh, I don't know that I could say like, I know I like a particular colorist or not. Oh, really? I well, I, uh, Ryan Cody, I, he's another one, I guess I can think of, but he's, a, he, he has like more muted palette. He, um, he did uh family tree with Phil Hester mm-hmm. and Jeff Lemire. Oh, Jeff Lemire. Anyway, <laughs> he was oh, like, I, what? I, I know a lot of colorists. I'm a, I, I color stuff, which makes more sense like that color. you would recognize colorists than me. Like, I, I don't know that I focus on colorists as much because oh, I'm more of a writer than I, I would say I am an illustrator or colorist. So it makes sense that you would know them and not me. Yeah, I love, uh, I can, uh, let's see, uh, Justin Ponser, big Marvel colorist. Oh, yeah, okay. He's got several different styles. I recognize uh, his name. Uh, 
Ryan, uh, no, uh, Josh Burcham. He's yeah. a really good uh, colorist for IDW. He's also he's done a lot of Transformer books, and he's the mm-hmm. current regular actual penciler artist on oh. uh, Beast Wars comic coming out right now. Oh, cool. He's really good. His style is very different. It's very polarizing, sadly, but it's yeah. really good. Uh, Joanna La Fuente, uh, she's uh, another art, uh, colorist for IDW. Uh, Priscilla, uh, gosh, uh, Priscilla Tarantino, Tar- Tarantino. Let me look it up, because I'm gonna feel bad if I can't pronounce her name right. She's a, a South American. Let me look it up. I don't. Uh, Tremontano. Priscilla Tremontano. Okay. Uh, she's a good. She's also a colorist, but also an artist in her own right. Um, Trying to think. Cliff Grathburn. I like too. He does image work stuff too. Yeah, I, I know a lot of colors. I like coloring things. I. I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I draw, but I mostly appreciate coloring stuff more, and I love I love coloring other people's things, inking too. So yeah. well, there, I know a lot more colorists, sadly, than I do actual artists by following them. Yeah, well, and it, it's interesting because like I don't know that I ever really thought that much about like coloring in comic books, but like when you notice it, it's interesting. And so then, like I know I've I've looked more into it just because of that, and now I almost. Uh, there was a comic I picked up and I just realized, like, I thought I liked it for the illustration, but I realized, like, no, I just like the colors. And uh, it's the comic Paper Girls. Uh, who writes that? Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, um, I think. Oh, crap. Now I feel bad. I'm going to go get it really quick. Yeah. It's, uh, Bri- it's Brian K. Vaughn, a uh, comic he did after um whatever that one he's famous for um why can't i think of that one the one in outer space with like the fairies and the other aliens i don't remember but like the paper girls comic like the illustrations are okay i I don't know who does this um cliff chang but the colors it's matt wilson oh yeah matt wilson okay i like his colors a lot too he uses like more vibrant colors as well so I, I think I'm I often just come like I, I gravitate towards bright colors in general, which is true with my life anyway. Like I tend to have bright colored things. Interesting. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. OK. Um, so, yeah, you just said <laughs> Ryan Otley. Um, yeah, there's not, I don't have a lot to say about some of these things. There's some yeah. I do and some I don't. But uh uh, I like the people I say I, I recommend checking out and things like that. Like I said, I don't read a whole lot of comics. I read uh, only like three a month now because uh, mm-hmm. all my books have ended. Uh, yeah, but there are some artists I like, which is I kind of said I apologize. I'm a little scattered for it. Like I, I'm the one who thought of this idea to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only had a couple that um, I I had in mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, whatever, that's fine. Um, no, and I'm trying to think like Ryan Otley too. I know I've seen stuff of his, and I just can't think of it as. I want to say it was probably Spider-Man. He's a good Spider-Man artist. He really draws mm-hmm. Spider-Man well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So then my other category of illustrators that I like, I guess, is like probably the more, 
I don't know, classic in the sense of the fact that one of them is Jim Lee. The other one is um, McFarlane. And then I actually just picked up um, the comic East of West, which is illustrated uh, by Nick Dragota. Dragota? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, and the, so the, the, I, I'm lumping him into this category, the East to West guy, just because he fits best into this category, I guess. But like, I don't know, like Jim Lee has his issues, but like, I don't like, I, he kind of has, he kind of gets into that same problem as, um, John's, uh, J Scott Campbell and Frank Cho sometimes where he's just drawing busty women. Um, but like one of like, a lot of the comics that he like the Batman comics that he did just, I think he did justice league. Like he's a big name in DC. Um, like I like his art for the most part. Um, I like his action scenes. I like the way he does shading and stuff. Like he's just a very classic comic book illustrator. Todd McFarlane for the same thing. I, I find him to be extremely irritating. Um, whenever like I see him talking, I don't know. Like I have uh whatever it is. Spider-Man number I guess it's number one, the torment that he did, the yeah, Spider-Man torment, um, which I think was like the run that made him want to start image. Um, Cause it was like near the end of the Spider-Man run, he wanted to have juggernaut get stabbed in the eye and Marvel wouldn't let him do it. it but like, I, I like his art. Like it's uh, there's, I don't, I don't know. Like there, sometimes I don't care for it, um, but I feel like he, I, he's just, whenever I see a comic that he has drawn the cover of, I usually like it, I guess. And I like the interiors as well. Um, I, I don't know that I have much to say really about him or Jim Lee other than just like, it's just a very classic looking comic book. I usually like it. Uh, it doesn't detract from the story. Um, and it's, they're, they're good examples to just show people of like, this is what a comic book looks like, I guess. Um, but the thing with, uh, the guy who I find actually more interesting than them, the, um, I don't know if it's actually maybe Nick Dragota or even, it might even be more the colorist Frank Martin, but in the comic East of West, if you've not read it, it's a very good comic. It's kind of, uh, it's about the four horsemen more or less of the, so it's about the apocalypse. Um, and it's in like the distant future or it's kind of more of a, what if history, um, so it's like, it seems very, it's a very Western, uh, story, but there's a lot of, um, sci-fi aspects to it. It takes place in the West, um, mostly like in the United States, it's very much a Western, but like, there's a lot of, I think they're Chinese, um, that like live in the San Francisco area, I think, um, and so it's, yeah, like I said, it's like a what if history if like, what if like America was just kind of colonized in a slightly different way, but it's, it's mostly about if death, like death has fallen in love with somebody and he's basically refusing to take part in the apocalypse. And so then the other three horsemen are like trying to track him down and force him to do it. Um, but the art is just in really, I kind of realize it's maybe the coloring that is really what I like because they're just some characters that um, I think they're kind of supposed to be like Native American type uh, characters and they wear a lot of like body paint, but it's like black and white. And I find it just very interesting that like there's no shading on those characters at all. Like uh, there's like a lady whose body like she's practically nude, but she's like covered in black, but like paint. 
And so she's just basically like just this black void. Like all you ever really see is her silhouette. Um, Cause like the black paint is just so dark. Um, and just like, I, I just like that style. It's just very, a lot of dark shadows, I guess. And uh, kind of thick lines again, but it's a more classic look to the, to the illustration style. Which I just, I find interesting. It's very Tim Sale-like. Yeah, I assume you Googled it. I did. I've been looking at the pictures, and I'm looking at the one that you just described. It's very Tim Sale-inspired, I would say. I don't know. Uh, so he, Tim Sale did Batman, it looks like. I'm not super familiar with Tim Sale. Yeah. Oh, he's one of my favorites. He did, uh, yeah, he did He did a lot of stuff with uh, Jeff Loeb. One of my favorite Batman stories, The Long Halloween. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which, will, which is coming out this year to be bastardized in animation. Yeah. And um, he so, did um, he did Spider-Man Blue and Hulk okay. Green. Likes the colors. He likes his colors for being colorblind. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Tim Sale is 100% colorblind. He only sees grays. And wow. what he does is in his artwork is he he not only does he draw them, he also colors them with shades of gray. And yeah. then he has a colorist go in and fix his colors. That's interesting. And uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of this guy's stuff. I don't know that I've ever noticed his name. Um, that's that's interesting. And I see I'm looking at a Batman Dark Victory cover. It's yes. Batman uh, and and Robin kind of going straight down. But yep. that looks a lot like East of West. Yeah. Yep. Um, like the dark shadows. And now, I mean saying that he's colorblind like that and and then somebody else goes in with the colors that makes a lot of sense like i can see how this illustration came about in that way yes and, and i and that's fantastic like this is a really cool like i mean everything i'm seeing googling this guy's name like this is fantastic stuff tim sale is an amazing artist yeah, uh, he, he did all the paintings in the nbc series heroes oh he did all those paintings he that's... did all the paintings for wow. heroes yeah. They commissioned him to do it. He advised them that I'm colorblind. I can't do color. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that's where it kind of came out that, yeah, they would have someone go in and recolor wow. uh, his art uh, based on the shades of gray that he uses. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, uh, this is very much like that, uh, Nick uh, Dragato. Um, that's yeah. what it instantly reminded me of is looking oh. and going. Uh, that's that's what this looks like. Like, it's uh, Nick, this, uh, Nick Dragato, his artwork... I can see why you like it. It's yeah. It, it looks like a very much. It does look like a mixture of Tim Sale and Mike Mignola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like very he, he, heavy in like yep. a slim style like Tim Sale or an old style like Tim Sale, mm -hmm. and heavy with black like Mignola and some proportions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, uh, I, I see. That. He's kind of like a good. Yeah, in between of like that old style and then that other style that I was talking about that I liked. Yep. Mm -hmm. I like some old styles. I like artists yeah. that try and capture this old looking style. Sean Phillips did that too mm -hmm. with uh, Marvel Zombies. Uh, oh, yeah. Charlie Adler for Walking Dead. Charlie mm -hmm. Adler's artwork looks like old comics. Like comics not for exactly from the 70s, not exactly from the 80s, but kind of in between. Mm -hmm. Where characters just looked proportionate and realistic, but also old fashioned. Yeah, without... Yeah, not going like all the way back to the original stuff, I suppose. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was wondering, uh, I guess, if you were going to bring, like, um, yeah, any of those, like, old, old artists up. I don't care for, like, old comic book art. No, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko stuff, I can't read. Nope. I, I can, I mean, I'm, stuff. I can't do it. And that's I'm why I'm fine I, with them, I guess. But, like, they're not my favorites by far. No, not even like, really. Jack Kirby, I can, I like his style. Like, I don't like his people. I like his other stuff. Like, I like the backgrounds. I like all the colors. I like the shapes that he used. It, um, because I know Guardians of the Galaxy, or no, no, uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, took a lot of like the the elements of um, whatever the the garbage gladiator world was. Like mm-hmm. a lot of those that uh scenery was taken from Jack Kirby. And and if you see like Jack Kirby's outer space stuff, it makes a lot of sense. And I like that stuff. It's just I don't care for his people. <laughs> I guess. There's, um, Lee's a huge fan of this artist. I'm not. Who? I'm personally not. I I appreciate it. I can't read his comics though. It's Tom Shioli. Tom. How do you Shioli? Uh, S S C I O L I. He is uh, very much trying to capture the Jack Kirby st- uh, style. Is he? Uh, oh, he's like a younger guy. Okay. I don't think he's that young. He's been doing comics for a long oh, time. Oh, now these pictures I'm seeing of him, he looks. He has like long hair, so that probably helps. Yeah, he look. It looks very Jack Kirby-ish. Very yes. Jack Kirby-ish. He did uh, GI Joe vs. Transformers for IDW, oh, I yeah. believe. He's um, uh, he's done. Oh uh, well, uh, he's 44. Okay. Um, He's funny. very much someone. He did GoBots. Um, Looks like he did some Fantastic Four, maybe. Yeah, like he very much tries to capture. Um, oh yeah, he did a book called Jack Kirby: The Epic Life of King of Comics. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I knew him from the GI Joe Transformers thing, and I didn't mind the art. It was super confusing though. Like it yeah. try. It's not only trying to capture the art from that era. Mm-hmm. He's trying to capture the dialogue and the style, and it is successful. It is a, it's very well recognized. His artwork is. Yeah. I just, I, it's, it's a little too busy for me. Yeah, and that's kind of, I guess, maybe the problem with Jack Kirby is like things are just very busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The GoBot series was like that too, and uh, he did a comic. Um, he did a Superman knockoff comic. I've read it. <laughs> it kind of it's disturbing looking. It's like, it's a. Uh, it's pretty much what if Superman landed in another part of the world, kind of like Red Sun, and was evil. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's such an unoriginal idea, in my opinion. Uh, but it's weird. It's creepy. It? It's like full of naked women and stuff. It's very unusual. Is that this thing where like it's a guy dressed in purple with a J? Oh, it's like red, I believe. Oh, okay. I'm just looking at images. I don't even know what most of this stuff is. And I'm oh saying. yeah, Satan Soldier. There it is. Satan Soldier is what it's called? Yeah, look up Tom Scioli, Satan Soldier. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, cool. Um, yeah. who, who was your second choice? My other one was K-Zama. K-Zama. Did we talk about this person before? I've mentioned her. K-E-I-Z-A-M-A. Yeah, uh, she's do- yeah, she's doing Transformers. Yep. She was. She hasn't been doing it lately. She's okay. a huge Star Wars fan. She does a lot of Star Wars art. I don't think she's done anything official Star Wars, but mm-hmm. uh, her artwork. This is fantastic. It, her artwork <laughs> is if there's a way, if there's a word to describe it, it's metal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, she she's a perfect person for Transformers for sure. Great, but she also captures this. She's a huge like grunge rock like like that's what her style looks like. Like yeah, metal music had an art style. It's hers. Like which is really funny because like I feel like this is like what um what Greg Capullo like is trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> but she like is actually successful at it. Yeah. Okay. This is very good. Beautiful. Cool. It's it's mm-hmm. heavy inks with shadows. Yeah. With facial expressions. It's uh she's a big fan of like she's done covers for like Judge Dredd, which is exactly what she's like. Oh yeah, she'd be her great artwork is emulating is old school British Judge Dredd like stuff. Uh mm-hmm. like I said, it just looks like heavy metal in illustrated form. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard to describe it, but that's kind of the best way I can. Like her Transformers is it's a lot of snarling faces. Yeah. Well, and just there's a lot of detail without it getting too like so detailed that it's too busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, you know exactly what's going on. Um, it looks like whoever's doing the colors on a lot of this stuff is fantastic as well. This is this is Josh Burcham, who I mentioned earlier. OK. Yeah. Th- I mean, everything about the man, this is a really nice transformer run it looks like um it was great it was great she did optimus prime and uh from beginning to end with taking some breaks between stuff like that Mm -hmm. she's a japanese artist she lives in japan Mm -hmm. she's a huge star wars nerd and uh i follow her on twitter and she just all she does is she she draws pictures from star wars and then she posts her star wars action figures and uh she uh does just her illustrations of transformers and stuff she's done covers for marvel for death's head yeah i was just gonna say it looks like she's done death's head it's just fantastic as well it looks great yeah her art is just it's so expressive and so she's worked for marvel like she should be able to get some star wars gigs I hope so. Like she draws a lot. Like her soul, her Twitter is filled with Star Wars pictures that she draws and stuff. And uh, yeah, just a big nerd. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, here's this. This is probably this was I think her final um, uh, image that she. This is from the final issue of IDW's Transformers from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. So much detail, so much detail, and there's a lot. I mean, yeah. So this is a it's a cover you said. So it's got uh, his final issue of Optimus Prime. He's okay. in the middle and he's surrounded yep. by, oh my god, twenty All of them, twenty <laughs> to thirty characters. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there was very, a really very yeah. beautiful artwork. Uh, yeah. she's great. I want to see her on uh, some Star Wars comics because I am reading Star some Star Wars comics lately. Some Marvel. I think Marvel's Star Wars comics are actually really good. Uh, Who's writing them? I don't know. Anybody? Okay. Not so, any. I'm not paying attention to the artist or the uh, the writers. Sadly, uh, just paying attention to the story, and I like the stories a lot. Yeah, that's well, that's good. Um, I mean, I'm glad that they're not ruining Star Wars again. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to fix. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I went over to her Twitter uh, and I'm getting very distracted by I'm watching like some clip of her playing Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, she's a big Doom fan, which fits with her personality and everything. Kay is wonderful to follow and stuff. And I've yeah, I've seen her in a couple interviews and um, she she can speak English very well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. I'm going to her media, too. She's followed by. She's got eight, almost nine thousand followers. Hmm. She's followed by most of the artists that I follow, but yeah, mm-hmm. she's quite. She's uh, she's quite the character. 
Mm-hmm. And um, she does everything by hand. Oh, so it's actually on paper? Yeah, she's a paper artist. Nice. Uh, nice. I think she does do some digital stuff here and there, but most yeah. of, for most part, she's a she's a pen and paper she's a pencil and paper artist and very heavy inker, which yeah. can benefit her in some that. ways. Where uh, not in the sense of Mignola or anything, but um, yeah, she heavy shadows, heavy yeah. inks and stuff. But it's very very yeah, good her, art. Her lines are not thick at all, but like there is a lot of shadow. Yeah, yes. no, that's uh, that's great art. Yeah, she does a lot of funny little pictures too. Like she does a lot of Star Wars sketches and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, she's a treat to follow. I want to see her on more Transformer stuff because she's only done, I don't think she's done an issue, an interior issue for a couple of years now. But she does a lot of covers. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just a uh, <laughs> very, very funny, expressive, uh, half-shaved punk rocker-looking Japanese artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I mean, okay, that lends well, I guess, into my next uh, group of artists. Um, but uh, I was gonna say, because like kind of that more grungy, I guess, look. Um, the I, I really like Daniel Warren Johnson and uh, Jerome Opeña. Um, and so. Jerome Pena is, I don't know what he might be famous for, but what I first saw him on was X-Force when Rick Remender wrote it in like 2011. Um, and he has like the, yeah, more like, uh, I don't know if it's grungy. Like there's just a lot more sh- shading on his line. Like he has a lot more, um, I don't know. He's kind of like in the vein, I guess, of Greg Capullo and McFarlane maybe. But like he does faces better, <laughs> um, and I just I don't know I just really liked I really liked that run of X Force. Um, I mean, just Reminder writing it was fantastic. Um, which I feel like Reminder is kind of hit and miss, but I liked his X Force. And then um, he also wrote another uh, series uh, through Image called Seven to Eternity which is kind of like a weird sci-fi fantasy Western, I guess. Um, and then Jerome Pena did all the art for it. The color, the colors in this are actually really good too. Um, kind of some more brighter colors. I feel like kind of, I guess like teal, orange and reds, some greens, I guess. But um, uh, it's Matt, Matt Hollingsworth. I think did the colors. Is that right? I'm in trouble finding the title page. Um, yeah, Matt Hollingsworth. He's another. I think I've I follow him on Twitter too, and I usually like his colors that he posts, like things that he's posted for stuff. But um, I don't know. Like anything I've seen Jerome Pena drawing, like it's just fantastic. Like kind of a classic looking style as well, but on the just heavier on the shadows and lots of shading lines and stuff. Um, and then Daniel Warren Johnson, he's the guy that Matt and I, we went up to, um, Falcon, like in my spring con. And the whole reason I wanted to go, this is the guy, this is that guy. Yeah. Okay. uh, We, 
I, I was not going to go to spring con. I was resigned not to go. This is the, our favorite con in Minneapolis. I was going to um, say this artwork looks familiar and you've said yeah. the art is. So I was wondering why he looks so familiar. I didn't yeah, know he's one of I my Googled him on the podcast before, but now, yeah, some of these covers look uh, familiar from what you've sent me. Yeah. And so the comic that I like of his, cause he, he's recently been doing um, some DC stuff. I believe he did, um, something a wonder woman comic uh like one of the weird special things like it wasn't i don't think it's like one of their canon or like main storyline wonder woman things it's like a weird post-apocalyptic sort of story which fits his style more anyway um and it looks pretty cool too uh but i i really like I guess Daniel Warren Johnson more like he's a very grittier style. Um, the comic that I like of his is called extremity, which is a very, like if you liked final fantasy type video games, like this comic feels a lot like that. Like um, it's about like, there are these like floating islands and there's these like gangs basically. And they're just at war constantly. Um and it's a very violent comic book, actually, There's like tons of blood. I'm just flipping through it. And what I really like about Dan- Daniel Warren Johnson, aside from just like his general style, um, is that he uses a lot of um, I don't know what they're called, like his typography, like. There's a lot of just like the word boom, like across the page. No, <laughs> there's a really nice uh, I can't find it now, but there's like in this comic. Oh, here it is. Uh, not that I can show anybody, but they, they find this robot uh, in the comic at one point. And as soon as they find it, this massive like uh, animal, like it's like the size of a small office building. Like it's just a ridiculously sized, like dinosaur just starts charging at these people. And so, and then this robot just like pops to life, runs in front of this giant creature and just punches it in the face and then, and knocks it out. And the robot's like the size of a person. And so it's, it's just like a super strong robot, I guess. But like in this picture, like there's just re- like tons of these like uh, like speed lines, I guess, like action lines. And then like just the word wham is just like spread across the whole page. Um, and and then and so I was super excited when I when we went to SpringCon then and I got him to draw, uh, make an illustration. I did him do I had him do um, Lobster Johnson. And so then I was super happy because he did that on my drawing. It says pow, 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 because he's shooting his guns. And there's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I just really like his action scenes. Like, there's a lot, lots of like those more, I guess, probably more manga style like lines mm-hmm. like all over the place. Lots of just like big type typography, like action words, like kind of harking more back to like old Batman, I suppose. Or like at least like the more like um, campy stuff about comic books, but like he just, he brings it so well into like a more modern look and feel, I suppose. Um, but he's not like a huge name yet. I don't think like he's gotten to do some wonder woman and a little bit more with DC here and there. But I remember when I first heard of him, he was doing a web comic. Um, I think it was called like space mullet. It was about like this guy, like a freelance outer space guy i don't know if he was like a bounty hunter or because i never really read it i just kind of like i i liked it but i never had spent enough time on it um and and then i think he just he wrote he drew everything by hand and he would just go to cons with like the big 
pages that he drew of that and then that got picked that i think somebody at image basically just noticed it and then he got um this extremity book from through image or uh, through skybound i guess um but no it's fantastic i mean that's a great comic and he's just a fantastic artist um but yeah and then the other guy yeah uh jerome pena i mean same thing i guess he's i mean obviously a bigger name just because he's gotten to do x-force and he works with rick reminder who only does in indie stuff now too so i don't know what jerome's up to but people got he got fed up with being told no he can't keep making apocalypse comics um yeah i, I don't know i've got <laughs> probably because what i from what i understand he just brings apocalypse into everything everything um, <laughs> everything he does <laughs> is apocalypse so we're talking about rick reminder here yeah um, i mean what is I don't even know what all he's done for Marvel because I've only ever read the one run and I, he's famous. He did another run and it was all about apocalypse. And then he did another run and it was all about apocalypse. (laughs) Yeah. He just loves apocalypse. Like his books get canceled and they give him another one. And then he just starts creeping his old story plots back into (laughs) it. And they're all apocalypse related. I mean, like I said, he's kind of hit and miss. (laughs) Um, I mean, he's, yeah. more, he's probably most famous now uh, for his comic Deadly Class because that was a TV show. I think it got canceled last year. What was it on? I don't remember. What, oh, sci-fi. Um, I don't even know what it's about. I've never read the comic or I never watched the show. I just know it exists. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What else has he done? X-Force. Oh, he did some Venom, apparently. Uh, he wrote a video game, I believe. Uh, I think he wrote it. It's called Bulletstorm. It's not great. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, I think. We well. did? Okay. I think so, I, yeah. I, I talk about it to with people randomly, just because I think it's a funny thing that happened. Um, oh, yeah. He wrote Low. It was a comic book. He wrote Tokyo Ghost. Um, I don't know. He's done a bunch of stuff. I mean, but he mostly does indie now. I think he kind of, I read it, I think he tweeted out once that he doesn't, like, have any plans to ever work for, like, Marvel or DC, for that matter. Again, because he doesn't have to, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Seven of Eternity is a great comic. Um, I don't know. And that's... Oh, uh, uh, another one I wanted to bring up, and I don't even know where to categorize him, is uh, Jeff, Le- Jeff Lemire. Um... Which I like his illustrations a lot. I like his comment, like his writing. He's I don't know if he does more writing or illustrating, um, but he does a lot of watercolor type art. Um, it's not. I mean, it's a very. Oh man, I don't even know. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a very clean style at all. Like I, it's not. I don't want to see too many comic books using his style. I guess like it's very hipster i suppose (laughs) yeah uh i I don't know that's just the best way i can even like think to describe it i don't know it's it's not a i don't i wouldn't even say it's a great comic book style but i usually like the comics that he's written and used and done like there he he mostly illustrates his own comics it seems like um and then he did that one it's not i took all my comics down because i'm trying to sell most of them but uh he did like uh scott snyder wrote uh it's not even really a comic like it's a lot of prose with with images with it and it's kind of a comic and he so he, did, he illustrated that and it did well with that because it felt more of just like a book and mm-hmm. less like a comic 
Um, but it, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of watercolor. It seems like, um, and a looser style, um, which just, it, it just doesn't feel like a comic book because of the watercolor, I think. But I'm not a big fan of watercolors in comics. Like, uh, Lee's, Lee's super into them because of, uh, his, uh, comic friends that he knows and stuff, yeah. but well, it's, it, uh, it, it's not something that I find tra- uh, translates no, in and, comic and, form. I and I generally agree with that. Like I don't want to see him doing most comics. Like I don't want this style, like in anything. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like it works in his stories because his stories are not like huge action superhero comics. Like they're more. I, I mean, um, the one comic of his that I really like and I actually have a page of it is called Trillium, and that's like it's a sci-fi adventure, I suppose, but it's more of like a romance like love story mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like an action and so like it just it doesn't like so i think i'm okay with then with the watercolors and then he had another one i started reading it it was pretty good i just it, again i, I kind of dropped it because it's it was around the time i stopped reading like i just i had kids and i didn't have time to read comics anymore so i stopped buying them but he had a comic called royal city which was more of like a family drama um and then he's famous for something called sweet tooth and um i think he had there's a tv show based on one called underwater welder maybe i don't remember now oh is ryan gosling gonna be in that that's funny it's in the pro like it's in the works i guess it sounds like uh, i'm just googling it it looks like ryan gosling might be in it that's cool um and i don't really know what that is but like they're not like huge superhero side or you know like action stories and so like i think i'm okay with that style then because of that like i wouldn't want to see him doing x-men or superman or anything like that for that matter um like it just it wouldn't work yeah i agree with you so and yeah and i actually almost forgot to even bring that him up which is funny to me um but yeah anyway i guess that's all mine I have one artist that I could probably mention. Okay. Uh, real quick, it's a uh, favorite my artist. He's he's kind of I, I don't know what he does because art is not his full time gig. He hmm. uh he's got other stuff going on, but his name is Nick Roche. He's a transformer artist, but he's done some Marvel stuff too, and he's a very good artist, very stylized. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll show you uh, a couple of his interior uh, interiors from a Spider Man that okay. he did it's uh he's he's irish uh-huh. and uh so he's done some marvel uk comics they have comics that are specific to the uk some of them yeah it's weird marvel has a whole uk division hmm yeah who yeah, okay so the this thing you sent me who are these other who are these ladies that are dressed up like spider-man i don't know <laughs> i'm honestly not sure i just oh, was yeah. looking through it because this is uh this is mostly the artwork that I know him uh, for. Let me see. Oops, hold on one sec. This uh, is a yeah. So he he has more of a cartoony. He has a very style. cartoony stylized look to him, and yeah. uh, very good, very good storytelling. Um, yeah, very super stylized. Yeah, it it works well with Transformers. I feel to an like. extent. Yeah, like well, see, the, like that. very propor- out of proportioned, very stylized, like yeah. out of proportion. One thing that I'm kind of critical of of him is uh, the way he draws female Transformers. 
Yeah. What's wrong with them? They just look weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> they look really, really weird. This is character not. Oh, here we go. Well, I guess what's weird about them, like they're just their faces and stuff, her, okay. like the female faces that he draws are just really odd. Well, I mean, because he doesn't draw the the female Transformers as like being super feminine. Otherwise, I guess. Uh, other than those giant hips that he gives them and stuff sometimes. But yeah. So like, I'm wondering, like, so they, like this one, um, more, more than meets the eye. It doesn't have a number on it. Um, the, the it's got one? the dancing one. So yeah, that's like, kind of almost looks like it's the it almost looks like she has a Joker face. Like the lips look Ex- very exactly Joker. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Gives like these really weird lips. Yeah. And, like extremely human noses. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's what I'm saying. Like Even they're the kind of odd looking. Like his female yeah. robots' faces look really odd. And he's he's a great writer. He's a wonderful artist. He just doesn't do a lot because, like I said, it's not his day job. What's the, you don't know what his day job is? Like, he has a legit day job. I don't know what he does, but I know it's not uh, – like, drawing comics is just something that he's done. And he's he's mm-hmm. he's tried to be in comics for years, like, I think since he was a kid. And he used to submit his stuff out. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, he just does one issue and leaves. He's done. He's He's written and drawn, like, full-on comics, like, full-on mm-hmm. arcs and stuff like that. And he's a highly awarded, regarded uh, artist in the UK. Mm-hmm. A very good guy. And I know uh, he did a series. It was a five-issue series called, gosh, what was it called? Sins of the Wreckers. He mm-hmm. drew the whole thing himself. Mm-hmm. And I think it was delayed. I think it was a five-issue series, and it took like nine months to come out mm-hmm. because uh, he got very sick mm-hmm. and couldn't. And then his mother passed away. Oh, man. And Instead of just taking his scripts and seeing if they could bring another artist in here and there, mm-hmm. uh, they said we can wait. Oh yeah, yeah. you told me about this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's a mm-hmm. very talented artist. He's not—he's mm-hmm. a good artist. One of my favorites. It's not worth really showing artwork for. Is a uh, artist Casey Collar. I think I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. He—he's not a full-time artist either. That guy has a full-on job. He builds displays uh, for uh, Yankee Candle. Like he travels. <laughs> across the east coast and builds displays for for like bed bath and beyonds and stuff like that that's funny yep that's his full-time job great artist wonderful dude draws everything digitally Mm -hmm. and with rulers uh but i listened to a wonderful podcast with him oh gosh almost 10 years ago now and Mm -hmm. they asked him like he did a four issue series and he actually took leave of absence from his job to do it Oh wow! And he said he wasn't going to do that again. So he doesn't. He does covers mainly, but he he does do interiors here and there. But mm-hmm. they have to be on his time, and he's got to be given like months of notice because he's not just some uh, artist that's like a single guy. He's married. He yeah. has a daughter, and everything out everything except drawing is a priority to him. Mm-hmm. But he's such a wonderful artist, and he's a wonderful guy that they do it for him. They'll send him scripts months in advance to do a single issue. He'll mm-hmm. send covers all the time. They'll do them. But yeah, I remember he did a series. It was a four issue series, and yeah, he uh, he took a leave of absence from his job to do it, hmm. and made it his priority. And it's yeah. beautiful looking comic too. But yeah, great artist. I've talked to him quite a couple times on social media too. Hmm. So yeah, uh, very weird. They asked him what he does for a living, and he says he travels around. 
around the East Coast building these Yankee candle displays for stores. That's what his day job is. Hmm. What was his name again? What? What was his name again? Casey Collar. He's one of my favorite artists of Transformers and stuff like that. Like, just a, I really, let me see. Uh, comics, because I'm getting their colors. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there he is. That's Casey, yeah. He's just a lot of straight lines and stuff. Looks like a cartoon, what he does. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. Just a quick mention about that. Yeah, cool. But that's all I got for, you know, talking about artists for almost two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was worried this wasn't going to take very long, Um, which we kind of talked for an hour before this. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's it, uh, it's been a while since I've really thought this hard about comic books. I feel like <laughs> I, I don't it? read a lot of comics. I Like I said, I read like three. Yeah. The whole reason I asked to do this is just because I was looking at Kay's work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I see why bringing up this topic just to talk about that makes sense. Um, yeah, and it's, and, I mean, I don't know. The, I, it's, I guess I, I, what pops in my head, too, right now is, like, what what is it that really makes a comic good? Is it the writing or the illustration? Um, <laughs> depends which, on the art. It depends on the comic. Sometimes the art can be beautiful and the comic can be shit. I've read plenty of those. Um, it's usually Star Wars comics. <laughs> Uh, who was like, was it dark horse i don't remember like i felt like there was a while there were like star wars comics like the all the art was horrible oh i thought you were gonna say all the writing was horrible and the art was really well good. the art well yeah it seems like they can't figure out which one they want if they want bad writing or bad art because like they i feel like there was definitely a while there were like uh i think there was a qui-gon Jinn up uh issue like comic that i liked like the art wasn't bad but the the writing like it just jumped all like there were no transitions oh, like the, like the way i just talked but like like they'd be in the middle of a conversation you turn the page and like all of a sudden they're like on the planet where like they were supposed to go but it was like mid sentence or something it's just like when like how did like they never showed them or mentioned that they were leaving or anything like it's just all of a sudden they're in mid thought and now they're where they're supposed to be like yep. it took it would always take me like a couple minutes to read. Like I'd, ha- I'd read half the page before I realized that like we transitioned. That <laughs> might be the scripts problem then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a, it was a definitely, it was a definite script problem. I, had, I hated it. I, I, I stopped reading that comic. But then like, um, I really enjoyed the, what was it, the Dawn of the Jedi. Um, yeah, Dawn. I think it was Dawn of the Jedi. Uh, but the art was just so bad. Like it was good at first, but then it got to the point where like, I swear they were using computer, like computers to make it. Um, uh, and there was, a, I think there was even a blood ties series. Like, I think it was the second blood ties, uh, that like the covers even looked like computer 3d models like really bad ones. Oh, some of that shit's terrible. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. Like, why would you even do that? <laughs> like i i just don't even get it um yeah and i really wanted to read blood ties like i like that whole concept but like i just i had a hard time with the art on that i couldn't read it yeah there was a star wars comic i think i mentioned it i don't remember if i mentioned it. i talked about it with lee off uh, podcast i don't think i ever brought it up but there was a star wars comic that 
I had a lot of fond memories of, mm. and I couldn't find it to save my life. So I finally managed to find it on Comixology, and I bought it, mm-hmm. and I regretted that. <laughs> it was, uh, nope, it's not Tag and Bink. Tag and Bink is actually good. Um, Got that. Is it this? No. Oh, shit. Was it Star Wars? Yeah, it was a Star Wars comic. I'm looking it up right. No, it's not this. I bought this. Where the heck is it? Oh, Benson Star. Yes, here it is. Okay, this. I had fond, very fond uh, memories of this comic. I had an issue of it when I was in um, high school, I think it had to have been. It was called Star Wars Underworld. Uh, The Yavin... Vasilica. Uh, okay. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, man. Let's see. Yeah, yes. Google. Oh, yeah, look this up and look at the interiors. You can just find Google images so, of it. Uh, pub- published in 2000, 2001. Yeah, I was in high school. I was like for a sophomore. Okay. Um... I can't. Okay, here we go. I've seen. I feel like I've seen these before. These are not great. It's just. It's very. It's just a cartoon. It looks like Scotty Young, but bad. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it is. It's like. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had an issue of this, and I thought the art was really good in it. But uh, then again, remember, I was like 16. I was like 15, 16 years old. And then it was last year. I had it stuck in my head and I couldn't remember the title of it. And I was trying to find out what this thing was called. And I finally did. And I'm like, okay. And I I picked it up for like, I don't know, 10 bucks online. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, this is the worst comic I've ever read. Like, it's super stylized. Nobody looks like they do in the movies. Boba Fett is straight up like eight feet tall. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and... That's weird. Uh, that he'd be. That yeah, tall. he's like he's kind of short, isn't he? He's silent also in the book mainly. Like he doesn't say much. Yeah. It's all about like the bounty hunters trying to go after Han Solo and Chewbacca and Lando oh. for some reason. Okay. And I don't remember what like a tra- It was like a treasure hunt story. But yeah, Boba Fett comes in and he's treated as like as um as like the like the most dangerous human being ever, like the most yeah. dangerous character ever. But yeah, he's like seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. And he looks like like he's got giant broad shoulders stuff. It, it the style is so bad. The storytelling is really bad. The script, the, everything about it is awful. It just, I mean, it looks like the cart like the popular cartoon style from the nineties. Like it, uh, I don't know. Like it just, it looks like a lot of like a lot of the reboots of just random things kind of had this style. I don't know. It's not great. No, like it, not it, it just, it just looks. Like a WB Saturday morning cartoon to me. How dare you? Don't talk bad about Jackie Chan Adventures. That's what it looks like. You shut your mouth. It does not look like Jackie Chan Adventures. Pat Matsuda is a wonderful okay, story well, director and character designer. Jackie Chan Adventures is way better than this. That's for sure. But he went on to do the Batman. No, oh, and yes, okay, and that's fine, and that is good. <laughs> but uh, this, this looks, looks like, like Animaniacs like, level are uh, yes, character yes, designs. Yes. I agree with that. Um, Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> One more thing. That was such a good show. <laughs> Great show. 
Um, yeah, so this, yeah, it kind of looks like a Star Wars Animaniacs. I get, I get that. Yeah. It's not great. It, not in a good way. No, and I kind of thought, well, maybe I can just read the story and get through I feel, it. I, I couldn't like, get through it. They, I feel like they didn't want to give royalties to, like, anybody. <laughs> it's like, just make sure they don't look like anything. All right. Oh, yeah. With the Star Trek method of storytelling. Yeah. That's why so many characters should be played by other characters in Star Trek, but they didn't want to pay royalties to any writer from the shows. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's a thing I've learned. Funny. Oh, Star Trek. <sighs> Star Trek, you 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 cheeky bitch. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up. I'm yeah, sweating. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So I guess to anybody who's still listening, uh, shoot us a message with anybody or you know any arguments or whatever you want to make. Uh, that's great. So thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next time. See you next time.